Well, there we are. One with glasses, one without glasses. Well, you know my... No, you, you, you can do that. That's fine. I just, you know. Yeah. Uh, this week's episode of Unanchored Boston is brought to you by Cold Springs RV, your destination for all things camping. And where? We're in New Hampshire, of course. And the great George Gray, the big wheel, we call him, at George Gray's Lexington Toyota 409 Mass Ave in Lexington. All right, we've got our Christmas outfits on. I'm going to take my glasses off now, Lopi. I don't have to read anymore. So, Lobel is, let's see, that way, in green. He doesn't think this is red. You think this is pink, well, Bob? Kind of pink, yeah. I mean, no, excuse me. It's kind of a light red. It's like a Barbie red, actually. If you really well, like yeah, Red see? is behind you. See the Flutie Flakes box behind you? Yeah. That's red. Right. Other way, Mike. Put your glasses back on. Other <laughs> way. Yeah, that's right. That's why I never did the weather. No, I understand. Red. Yeah. That was, what you're sporting, and it looks good. I mean, I, I kind of would like one like that myself, but that's it's pink, Mike. It's pink. Yeah, it, but it, it's. I think it's with the theme of the season. And, and if it, fine, if that's what you believe, then let's just go with it. Okay. <laughs> I'm. Congratulations on passing your driver's test, by the way. Yeah. How about that, huh? Yeah, it's good. It's amazing. Uh, now they get to uh, install this uh, accelerator for my left foot and, and a, a knob on the steering wheel, and I'm ready to go. It's a lot of fun being disabled, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's, 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 if I had known it's as much fun, I would have maybe uh, looked into it earlier. Yeah, people, uh, don't, people don't realize we had to get on a crusade for, uh, you know, besides being disabled is expensive. Yes, it you is. Notice, if you notice that. I like every driving lesson, although I got to tell you something. I had this girl, Kelly, with the uh, driving lesson and Kelly Dumas, and she was spectacular, as I'm sure all your instructors were. And, um, you know, we had a lot of fun. And um, so she sat in the back seat and I said, and we we're waiting for the registry inspector to come out and sit in the car. So we went driving around and I said, any advice? And she said, yeah, she said. Um, signal the shit out of everything. <laughs> so as soon as the guy got in the car, directionals on, you know, every person I went, I just directionaled everything. Signal the shit out of everything. That was Kelly's uh Kelly's advice to to uh to me. And it was it worked. It worked. We uh you know, we went around a neighborhood up and we went up to the registry in Wilmington and um we got everything done and uh on our way. Our issues are different. So mine, I used hand, had to pass a test with hand controls. Oh, yeah. First time I took the test, I failed it. Really? I went, yeah, because it was a stop sign 10 feet from where we started, and I went through it. <laughs> so, I swear to God, how, how stupid am I? But next time, you know, breeze right through. So, you know, it's just a learning experience. Well, it's like being, being 16 years old old all over again you know you, you get a little well, i know that you told me that you you emailed me that but then i reminded you mike you're not 16. <laughs> and you know you might think you're 16 but you're not when i got my driver's license it was april 2nd 1970. yeah that? it's my phone i'm sorry it's all right anybody we know something about the weather it really oh. i shut it down so i got my license on on april i can talk i remember this april 2nd 1970 and so i went down to the registry in lynn passed the test came back and had a math 
math test waiting for me with a math class. Well, five minutes into the math test, my dad was a, a phys ed teacher at the school. So a lot of the guys were down in the gym. Usually, you know, they had a study period. And two guys come barreling into the room. They said, it's a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. I had a baby sister who was surprised. And she was born the day I got my driver's license. And so Miss White, the math teacher, said, oh, in celebration of Mike's new baby sister, the math test is off. And he was a very popular teacher that day. And I was a popular guy for getting the thing. Yeah, so uh, April 2nd, 1970. That's juice, man. That's power. That's really. Yeah, yeah. So my sister Tara is 53 now, and uh, and uh, there you go. So. I'm sure she was happy to hear you say that. <laughs> you know, uh, you probably, you know, I hate to s- switch over to sports, but eventually we're going to have to because we have Karen Garrigan coming on in a couple minutes. And uh, she covers the Patriots. And I'd like to say there's a lot else things to talk about, but there's really nothing else to talk about. No. Nothing. I'm sorry. Did I interrupt? I didn't mean to interrupt your drinking. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm hydrating. Okay, no, good. Uh, Stay hydrated for the show. There's nothing else. I mean, it's true. The best story is in the loser's locker room. We've always said that. Right. Correct? Yep. The best story of any game is in the loser's locker room. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's sure been a lot of good stories in the loser's locker room this year from Foxborough. Although they seem to all have the same conclusion. We don't know. That's the conclusion. We don't know any more than what we started. We think we do, but, or do we? Do, or do we know? What is, you know, what's, I guess we, everybody's got an opinion. It's like everybody's got a few things that we, you know, can't talk about. But everybody's got an opinion about this. And I'm sure you're asked all the time, is he coming back? And that, it's just a natural way of starting a conversation. It's not like, how about those Red Sox? No, is he coming back? And I, I said, there's I, no way in hell he's coming back. Well, I, 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 don't, I honestly don't know. And anybody that thinks that they know is guessing, just gr- trying to grab onto something. Everybody wants to have the scoop. Well, uh, Tom Curran, did Tom Curran have the scoop? I don't know. I don't. I, I. I. don't know. Tom is a great reporter. Um. um is is plugged in, but Tom doesn't. Uh, unless something spoon spoon fed to him by Robert or Jonathan, nobody knows. Nobody knows, and for sure you get you're getting nothing from the other side, from the Belichick side. So here we are. Um, Stories you know, are hard. Scoops are hard to find. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, especially if you're doing television. I mean, I don't know any. I suppose on one hand, we can count the scoops we've had. I know I probably can. I can, I can one finger, I can count these <laughs> so-called scoops I've had. Now, we, we, we did better than, um, than most TV people. Um, and Peter Gammons used to, used to give us uh, high marks. He said, TV in Boston is very competitive. He said, and they actually break stories. Um, and so that was that was a big thing in, in our day was trying to, you know, you'd have an intern watching you while I was on. You did the same thing, I'm sure. And then as soon as the show was over, did they have anything about, you know, such and such that we had? No, they didn't. 
good. We scooped him. And he felt pretty good. You thumped your chest for a little bit. Then he came back to reality, you know, for the 11 o'clock news. But um, it was um, – I, I, I think the winner was the, was the viewer in Boston, I think, because we worked so hard to scoop each other every single day that the, the viewer who flipped between four and seven and if they wanted to go – I mean, four and five, if they wanted to go to seven, well, they see a journalist if they went to seven. Um, you know. Yeah, right. That's, that's all right. And he won't come on with us, right? He won't come on. No. Why? Um, he's done with television. He's done with that part of his life. Um, he lives in Florida. Uh, I asked him to come on on one of my, my Sunday night shows when I was um, at still Channel 5. And um, he, he didn't want to. He's done, done with that part of his life. So gone and forgotten. <laughs> huh. Isn't that strange? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly uh, enjoy talking uh, about um, all the fun times I had in my career. With you know, and anybody that and you're the same way. Anybody that calls you up, but Ken Meyer. I mean, there's a great example. Great guy. He's been a talk show host. So he's he doesn't have use of his eyesight. And you know, he calls up and asks if I come on and talk with him. Sure, you go on and talk with him for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. And it's fun, you know. AKA Muck, very good Muck. Yeah, That's one right. of the great guys. Always, you know, just just always in an upbeat mood. Always. So here we are. No, yeah. scoops, no scoops available. I just figured that Tom Curran, as you said, well-respected reporter, and we'll have to ask Karen when she comes on about Tom and 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 the. I figured somebody had to come out. With all the rumors swirling around and saying, this is what I've heard. This is what's going down. This is the best guess scenario and make it not a guess. In other words, make it a story. And I, but on the other hand, I said, that's awfully risky. That's really risky business. So I, yeah, there's probably a lot of truth to what he reported. At least we think there is. We think it's the most logical explanation that he's gone. And the question is, where is he going? L.A. or Dallas or well? Where, where do you think is a good landing spot for him? TV. Yeah, not bad. You know, TV. He doesn't win any games by doing a winning broadcast. He doesn't catch Shula by sitting there behind a microphone. It'll be tough for him to catch Shula. He's going to be probably 75 years old uh, before that happens. Um, I, 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 I think that, see, with this whole thing, when Tom's story uh, uh, came out, it was, uh, well, Tom referenced the, uh, the loss in Germany to the Colts as, yes. the, as the breaking point for, for the Crafts. Um, yes. th there was a lot of uh, stuff tied in that, in that visit. Kraft was instrumental in getting the NFL to play in Germany. Um, he sent, he got his team sent over there against a team, a winnable game, I think. I, I think when, when, when this thing was all put in motion uh, last year. <clears throat> and Kraft was um, embarrassed. Uh, he was embarrassed for himself personally. He was embarrassed for the franchise. Uh, he went all the way over to Germany, you know, thumping the interest, banging the drum, and his team laid an egg. Um, bad interception at the end of the game. 
and you know the, the german people that you know there were a lot of people over there that that are have ties to the nfl um his old sebastian volmer uh for one and they went over and they said this this is the this is the best this is the the, the team you play for the super bowl team you play for you got to be kidding me that that game was a snoozer a snooze fest and there's no wonder Kraft went off and he probably said something in the presence of someone that you know is connected to somebody well, didn't Jonathan speak out during that game as well and a number of games when it was just not that good uh that was a game in Foxborough um and um so that's where the seeds of this uh um I mean I I just can't believe that on 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 Monday January 8th that Belichick's going to be fired I mean, I, I, they, they, I don't think that, <clears throat> I don't think Andy Reid could win many more games than they won with this team. I, I think they're, they're, I mean, you see the other day, Patriots had the ball, and every pass is like, like a three yard out, a three yard hitch pass. Kansas City gets the ball, first play, it's like they're double teaming Travis Kelsey, and they hit what's his name for a 43 yard game. Next play, it's like a 28-yard gain down to about the three-yard line. Then the next thing, they're in the end zone for a touchdown. Boom, 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 boom. Done. And, you know, it would take it takes us forever. I don't mean us. I mean the Patriots. Forever to get the ball into the end zone. Well, I might disagree with you on the Andy Reid theory, but that's beside the point. That's just a, two guys sitting in a bar talking about, respective coaches and then you know anything's possible looks like matt patricia's found himself a home with the uh, eagles and they lost yeah but right <laughs> so i'm just just saying that that's where he, he he's landed and it's you know no there's a reason they're a bad team and the guy that made him a bad team or created this bad team is the same guy that's coaching the team so don't forget don't forget Ernie Adams, all right? Do not forget Ernie Adams. Okay. He right. has an encyclopedic mind. Um, he knows personnel. He knows the opposition. He can he can do everything. He can do everything, but he, he doesn't I don't think he knows how to turn on a computer. But if you ask him like who's who are the three best uh, um, gunners in the league on punt teams, he can rattle them off for you right there. So do you want Belichick to come back? Yes. You do? Yeah, I'm in the minority. I'm not just saying that to be controversial. No, I, I don't believe I believe you when you say that. A point-counterpoint between between you and me to make things interesting. Um, I, I think he deserves to come back. I think, you know, if nine Super Bowls, uh, six championships, um, all those division championships, I think he deserves to come back. But I think that he needs a general manager – in the seats calling the shots. I don't think Bill can be both anymore. I think Bill just needs to coach and not worry about player personnel matters. I think the relationship's irrevo irrevocably broken. Irrevocably broken. Thank you, Bob. Um, and I, I think it's best for him. And just saying, I don't wish him any ill will. I feel sorry for him in a way. I, you know, he could have been much better with the media. He could have controlled his image a lot better if he actually cared about it. 
Uh, he could have done a lot of things better, but we all could have. And I, I just like to see him move on and get out of this mess because he's not going to win any more games here. He's not going to win any more in maybe three or four more a year. This is going to be the same old crap, and it's time for him to move on, whether it's to Dallas or L.A. And Dallas is looking pretty impressive right now in terms of an opportunity. But with Jer Jerry Jones, again, that's the Bob Kraft, Jerry Jones, would that ever uh, agreement ever happen? Unlikely. So maybe L.A. is even looming more and more reasonable. I just think it would be better for him to get out of here. Get, just get out of here and not have to deal with the same faces in the media room every week and, you know, start fresh. Because I think he's stale. He's been here for a long time, and I think your relationship is over. I mean, this 25-year relationship is you know, longer than most marriages, and I would know. <laughs> so, Are you still doing those commercials for uh, the divorce lawyer? No, I know. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it's funny. Other, other than money, how would you get roped into that one? Money wasn't that good. She just asked me to do it. I, you know, Warnick and I are good friends. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, we're actually going out to dinner next week. Her oh. birthday's New Year's Eve. My birthday's Christmas Eve. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was one of the highlights of our relationship. So, <laughs> but no, we were, we were, we should have just stayed friends, actually. But that's beside the point. There's no sense getting into that. I'm just saying that Belichick, is, the relationship's over. And just if it comes down to money, as all relationships eventually do, uh, they're going to have to iron out the settlement. Period. So everybody gets what they want. Kraft gets the, the dignity he craves, and Belichick gets the whatever he, he, he gets, whatever he wants. I'm not sure what he wants. Maybe he just wants to coach. Do you think we should ask ask Keelan if, what what they should do? He thinks she'd come on. She's our producer. Uh, Keelan, Keelan, can you Keelan? Do you want to come on? Yeah, she is. Hi, guys. Hi, Keelan. Keelan, Keelan makes it work every week. Okay, yeah. Keelan is is the brains behind everything. So, all right. Well, Bell thinks he knows. I think I know. Well, I wouldn't say he knows. I mean, I, I don't know. No, Mike, that's misrepresenting it. Here's what I want for Belichick. I want him to go for his own sake. That's what I, that's, that's my feeling. Good well, luck. Thank you. Good luck. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's Thank ask, you for all you did. Keelan's got, you know, recently married six months ago, Keelan? Yeah, in July, about six months. Okay. All right. So. You know, who does your husband, your husband want him to go? Does do your, your friends, do they want the, uh, Belichick to stay around? Or they want they want a new coach next year? Uh, probably out of everyone, my dad watches the most football, and he thinks he should go. But I feel like ever since, I forget who we were talking to on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and they made a good defense for him, and they were, like, saying that they didn't want to say anything bad about him, and he's doing his best. Who was that that we had on? Well, it might have been Ted Johnson, but he was always very, he was very, very critical as well. I'm not saying asking him, wanting him to go is saying anything bad about him, Keelan. I'm, I, I think it's the best thing for him. 
If you, if you ask what I, it's like Patino. I'll just say this. Before Patino left, we sat in a room, the, the Jersey Red, Alan Miller, uh, five or six other guys that were close to Patino. We went around the room. We were at the restaurant in downtown Boston, the Palm, in a back room at the Palm in downtown Boston. Week before I left, we went around the room, and every he wanted everybody's opinion about what he should do because the pressure was so intense. Mm-hmm. And we all, my answer was, Coach, that's why they made the Acela so you could get on it and get out of town. Mm-hmm. That was my, <laughs> that was my answer. Yeah, now, I don't know. I, I'm torn. I don't know. I see both sides, so I'm not a good subject to ask. What, what about like all your friends, the people like you know your your demographic? I mean, do they are they frustrated with the Patriots? Are they giving up on them? Are they think yeah, I feel like everyone's just like I'm not even bothering watching the Patriots games anymore. Like even my dad's like, oh, I'm not even going to put it on this Sunday. I'll watch. Craft so hears that. Craft, that's a different thing for him. Mm-hmm. You know, winning and watching whether they're just not interesting, right? Right. right. Right, they're just—they're a boring, boring team to watch. Yeah, tough go for them. <laughs> now, 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 let me ask you this, Keelan. Did you watch uh, the other day to see if Taylor Swift was going to be there? We did have that game on. Um, we didn't watch the whole thing, so I don't know. Was she there? You don't know? I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm honestly, I just really? do technical stuff. I learn everything yeah. about sports from you guys. I don't know it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was there, and uh, okay. they kept showing her, and I think she dropped an f bomb. Did she? Uh, one time, yeah. She, uh, it was a, oh, she thought there should have been a pass interference in the end zone. She went, what the? <laughs> mouth was wide open. Oh. Um, <clears throat> we're not, we, we can't confirm it, Bob, but uh, sources tell us that, that she may have dropped the F bomb, right? I, I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> hey, look at Bob. Bob, Keelan bought uh, two gifts, the gift bags behind her. That must be for us. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Great. We have like Santa's workshop going on at Burke Advertising right now. Oh, wow. They're all they're working like crazy. That's pretty nice. All right. I won't take up any more time. I'll let you guys continue. All right. Thanks for letting all right well, Merry Christmas, Keelan. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for stopping in. That's pretty good. That's, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, and her dad's a diehard, uh, diehard member of the uh, Patriots Nation, and he's not watching. That's not good. If you're Robert Kraft. That's not that's not a good thing to hear. Oh, I mean, what what else can he do? What else can Kraft Kraft do? I mean, it's how how much how how well do you think Robert Kraft is liked and appreciated around here? I I think he's I I think he's very much liked. Yeah. I mean, if you were to choose between Belichick and Kraft, I think. That's a good question. Yeah, I think that that Kraft might win the popularity contest there. I think, even though people are still, although people have very short memories, but you know, Kraft could have stepped in and kept Tom Brady here in a Patriots uniform, and that's something that that that. Well, Kraft and Kraft, you know, was the one behind having him traded, have Garoppolo traded. Well, yeah, you have Garoppolo traded and keep keep Tom here. It was Halloween around two o'clock in the afternoon. That one I do know. 
They don't need Tom Curran for that one. We've, we've got that one. We do. I'm just saying, I I think the difference is people realize that Kraft is here to stay and Belichick has had his whim. Belichick is not here to stay. I mean, all I, look, I think the best thing for Belichick would be for him to leave. And nothing is served by him staying. Well, they're not going to, they're not, the, the, the division, despite the fact that Buffalo leveled off for a while, Buffalo, you know, with that great win over Dallas the other night, that's a tough division. Forget about the Jets. They will, they will always stink. Uh, but Miami and Buffalo are two tough teams to overcome. Um, so if you're thinking about where you want to go, um, you got to stick You got to think who you got in your division. Uh, the, the North division. Now I keep calling it the central division all the time. They got all four teams. I think are in the playoffs or uh, in the hunt or close to them. The Browns, the um, not the Steelers, but they're in the hunt. Yeah. And uh, the Bengals and of course the Ravens. Then you go to the South and it's Karen Garigian. Good job. All right. Karen, bring some sanity to this conversation, will you, please? Lobel yeah. and Lynch by themselves is really a deadly combination. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if sanity is the right word, but we'll see what we what I can give you. <laughs> so anyway, Karen Garigian. What do you think uh, we're talking about, Karen? Give you two guesses over about what we're talking about. <laughs> the weather? <laughs> we passed that a while ago. Right. <laughs> the weather in Foxborough? Yeah, that. And we're getting warm. We're getting warmer. Taylor Swift? <laughs> yes. She was, actually brought, she was her brought up. up. Um, did she drop an F-bomb or not? That's the question, Karen. Did she? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. I didn't oh, notice that. Who was she? What was the, what was the occasion? I think, they, I think she thought that Travis got interfered with in the end zone. Oh. And uh, they, they showed her, and she they kind of froze it when she went, they, they froze it like that, kind of like Roger Clemens. Um, when he was saying, he was saying uh, vacuum in back, o- o- Oakland in 1990, when the, he was yelling at Terry Cooney, the home plate umpire, mm-hmm. and we were trying to well, read lips. But well, um, well, I I wouldn't look if if you guys were interfered in the end zone, I would drop a nasty. Yeah, you know. Sure, why not? Thanks, Karen. I appreciate that. You got it. So, Karen, now, before we get into the Patriots, um, I was watching um, David Portnoy doing his uh, pizza review. One bite, everybody knows the rules. And he said, I've been hearing about this place. I've been hearing about this place. Joni's in Chelmsford. Joni's? Joni's. Wow, that's the first I've heard of it. <laughs> or is it Johnny's? Maybe did he misspell it? I don't know. He said it was one of the best pizzas that he's ever had. I'm going to have to. I guess I don't get out much. No, you don't have to get your your sources the up, one. up in Chelsea. Do, do they order takeout? <laughs> I mean, do they deliver? Do they deliver? <laughs> they got it. They they have to deliver. Karen, well, here's the story. Yeah. All right, here we are. LaBelle and Lynch are, are, are on two different sides of this thing. Right I now. want I think the best thing for Belichick by far is for him to leave. Lynch thinks he should stay. I think there's no no good reason for him to stay. None whatsoever. Uh, it's a relationship that's over. I'm in crap. 25 years. Thank you very much. We've got the most we're ever going to get out of this relationship. 
the only thing standing in the in the, the parting of the ways might be money, which is the case of most most relationships. But I think, Bill, thank you very much for everything. You did a great job. Well, you can be in our Hall of Fame. You can be in every Hall of Fame you want. But we're just going to have to move on. And we know that you want to. That's my that's my stance. Why would why would go ahead? Now Mike's got just the opposite. All right. Well, I'm not sure he wants to move on and start somewhere new and you know reestablish, you know, teach his way. I mean, I don't think he's 71. I don't think he, in his heart of hearts, wants to do that. Uh, but if it comes to that, he'll do it because he still wants to coach and he wants Shula's record. Do I think it's time for a break and time to move on? Yeah, I do. I, I lean toward you, Bob, on this one, because the, the Patriots just need a reset. They need new ideas, new thinking, uh, because the Belichick way right now, the past four years, hasn't been working. And... Um, I, th I think, I think it's time to go into the next generation, <laughs> if you will. But I, I would also hope that the, the crafts would have a good plan in place, uh, to replace him. And I would say clean out some of the organization because it goes beyond what's what we're seeing on the field. It's it's draft selection. It's people you're signing in free agency. It's development of players. It's an it's 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 not just merely being three and eleven. There's a, a lot that comes with being three and eleven, and I I think uh, Coach Belichick hasn't quite evolved with the way of the league and it being offense driven and you needing offensive pieces to compete. So again, I just think you need a change for that, you know, for that very reason. How many years have you covered the Patriots? Well, I've covered them, just covered them uh, since 2007, but I've covered their entire Bill Belichick existence. And I go past that. I go to Parcells as well and Pete Carroll. So it's been a yeah. while, Bob. So you know, talk, I, before you came on, Karen, <clears throat> I, I told Bob, I said, my, my uh, stance is I want Belichick to stay, but I want him to relinquish the player personnel decisions, the general manager duties, you know, and, and that may be very difficult for him to do. Right. Yeah. Very difficult for him to do. Uh, however, I don't think Andy Reid could win more than three games out of 14 with this current personnel that he has on this team right here. Is that a yay or a nay vote? Well, no, I, I agree with that. But, you know, is he going to relinquish the decision making? I mean, that's a tall order. Yeah. I, I mean, he wants his people, meaning his type of coaches around him, basically those who aren't going to really 
argue or debate with him. <laughs> and he wants people in his organization, be it the personnel guys or, or whatever, to basically adapt his vision. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It, I mean, it, it's, it happened when all the way back to Scott Pioli. And, and it makes sense. You want to basically select players that fit with the profile that the head coach lays out or the head coach wants. And for years, you know, whether it was Scott Pioli, they would draft, quote unquote, Patriot type players, but in, in reality, it was Belichick type players. So, um, where does Ger Gerard Mayo fit into that picture? Well, I think in a, in a perfect world, I think Robert Kraft wants him to succeed Belichick, but I think the way Robert Kraft laid it out was, you know, Bill would get his record and get his record by the by the time his contract ran out, he would move on or retire, and and Gerard Mayo was kind of in place. But it's hard to say right now if that, you know, if that's still what Robert Kraft thinks, given how things have turned out. What were you thinking? Do you think they think they ought to clean house with all the? with all of Belichick's philosophies? I do. I, I mean, again, Mayo. well, I think I'd, I'd want to listen to Gerard Mayo first, you know, because I'm not sure he's, you know, I mean, obviously he learned under Belichick, both as a player and as a coach, but I think he he's a little more open-minded perhaps, and a little less stubborn <laughs> to change with the times. I mean, Gerard's a smart guy. I mean, he, he worked in business uh, right after he retired. And I, I think he, he gets a lot of things, <laughs> you know, that, but I don't know. Belichick disciples tend to be like Belichick when they leave or try to be Belichick when they leave. And that's like the worst thing that they can do. I, I, I think if, if you're saying there needs to be a change, it can't be Gerard Mayo. This is going to have to be. Well, I didn't, I didn't say it can't be Gerard Mayo. I said, I would want to hear what he has to say. And I, if, if he's spouting a lot of the same things that they've been hearing year after year about how to fix the Patriots, then maybe he's not your guy. Well, I'm thinking back to the Dallas Cowboys when uh, when Jerry Jones bought the team and fired Tom Landry, which was unthinkable, but he did it. And yeah. it was it was a complete wipeout. Brought in a hot college coach, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Um, and they were uh, they won two Super Bowls. So the other one was Barry Switzer, I think. Um, so are we looking like wipe everything out? Bring in like a Steve Sarkeesian from University of Texas with who has an unbelievable offense right now and is unbelievably creative or some one of these hot college coaches. Do we do that? Well, I think I like those ideas. I'm just not sure Robert Kraft will like those ideas. 
Well, you know, his number two choice um, last time was Butch Davis out of Miami. Uh, if Belichick um, wasn't going to be his coach, he was going. He was he was going the college route, and I'm wondering if he would do that again. <clears throat> well, I mean, University of Georgia. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a Harbaugh out there too, Jim yeah, Harbaugh. I know. Well. I know. I don't want him. But if it, but there's got to be some hot college coach out there that they would oh. just revolutionize, <laughs> give some yeah. some excitement. Yeah. And, and I would Why would you be a co- Why would you, as a college coach, take an NFL job when you can make more money as a college coach and get more perks and less <laughs> less pressure? The temptation, well, it's always there. I think the description of the coach, whether it's college, whether he grabs a coordinator, um. It has to be someone who, with an offensive mind. I, I mean, that's just what the NFL is right now. And that's not to say that defensive coaches can't survive, you know, do well. They can. Um, and that's why I would listen to what Gerard Mayo has to say and then see, okay, how would who would you want on your staff? Who would you want running the offense? Would you want to change the offense from what we had to something more in line with today's game? You know what I'm saying? You, you have to hear these things out. Obviously, if they grab the, the, the hot, uh, you know, the hot guy running an offense, um, at least he would, his, he would be the guy that's running it, you know? So Gerard May would have to basically hand it off and rely on somebody else to basically bring the offense into this generation. So like Eric Bieniemy seems to be a hot name around. True. Kansas City, Washington. I, I, I think he eviscerates this entire thing and brings in a Steve Sarkeesian like guy. Michael, That's- where did he, where would he get? We don't know what his co- his orientation is. I, I I know nothing. I'm I'm just saying. No, you know, but that's, that's when he got the team, when Kraft got the team, it was all business. It was all about the stadium. It was all <laughs> about getting the team. It was all about you know using the Harvard uh, Hartford card. It was all about building this whole dream of Patriot Place and a new stadium and and that was you know 25 30 years ago, and the coach was in place. Uh, he, so he hasn't hired a lot of coaches. He hasn't been in that system where he, where he knows and is familiar with all these hot shot college guys. I just don't see mm. him in that world, but. Well, if you think about it though, the, the, the people he's hired two head coaches in his time, one being Pete Carroll, who pe- people thought at the time wasn't, the best guy, but look what Pete Carroll's still around and still being successful and has won a Super Bowl. He went back and to he, college. Yeah, you know, he went back yeah. to college first before he went back into to Seattle. Right. Um, but you know what I'm saying is in retrospect, that wasn't a bad hire. <laughs> that was actually right. a good hire. And <laughs> Belichick was off the charts and he gave up a first round draft pick for him. And I'm one of the people I would Admit when he did that, I thought he was off his rocker, giving up a 
giving up a first round pick for someone who is completely unproven. Why do you think he did that, Karen? Why why do you think he did that? What it was going on in his mind that would have interested him in Belichick so much that he would have given up a first round draft pick? Was it a rebuff, rebuff to Parcells? Was a, is it a, in your face New York Jets? What what, well, what magic think, was there? I I think Kraft. Uh, well, Belichick was here for a while with Parcells, so Kraft got to see you know Belichick's genius at work with the defense. And he's somebody he knew, somebody he was comfortable with at the time. Or, and again, he was part of the Parcells tree, part of a successful tree. He won two Super Bowls with great defensive game plans when he was with the New York Giants. So I think that more than anything is what, why Kraft was willing to surrender. Plus, Plus, there were still players here that that Parcells had picked out of college or signed or whatever. And, you know, I think that familiarity meant something to, you know, to bring Belichick in at that time. Or, exactly. again, to give up a first-round pick for him. I, I think he got to know him pretty well during those four years that he was an assistant with, with, with Parcells. And, uh, right. you know, he picked his brain and he saw the way that his, the players um, followed him. Uh, he was a leader right. and how uh, he was impressed by that. And I think that um, this time he didn't want him to get away. And that's why he was willing to go for the, uh, for the first round draft choice. Well, Mike, I also think that's another reason why um, Kraft likes Gerard Mayo because he sees how the players follow him on defense. And right now, defense really isn't the problem, is it? No. Right? And Gerard and Steve Belichick have done a good job. I mean, they've, they've, been, they've missed their two best players in Matthew Judon and the rookie cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, and, you know, it's not like they have a great defense, but the, the they're defense in every game. Is not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're in every game, and the defense is not the reason why they've, they're three and 11. Yeah, there was two blowout games. Um, but, you know, the defense has given, and then the defense put them in a great position the other day until Zappi threw that horrible interception uh, at the right. start of the third quarter. Right. And um, um, that just turned things around. So, again, I think those things are, are working in Gerard's favor. But, again, what is winning in the NFL these days? Is it the great defensive team? I don't think so. Last year's Super Bowl, Philadelphia, the best defense, the number one rated defense. How'd that work out for them? Was it 38 points they gave them? Yeah. They, against Pat Mahomes. Yeah. You have to be able to trade scores. You need to be able to put points up on the board. And then maybe when push comes to shove, your defense needs to make a stand. Yep. That's today's NFL. Yep. 
Couldn't agree more. Um, so what are they done? No, I, I don't want to get off the track here. They they got to take a quarterback with the second pick, right? If it if it falls into place that way. Well, you would think that. But again, who knows what they're thinking? <laughs> Trade down. <laughs> well, that's the other thing that's kind of mystifying here is that, you know, who do you want making that decision? Right? Yeah. Who do you, you know, or is, is Kraft just going to make the decision? Even with Belichick and whoever's still in place or with nobody in place or they need to have a plan guys they need to they need to know a direction if they if they don't take the quarterback at number two say they take the wide receiver marvin harrison from ohio state who's sensational or they take a generational left tackle and there's two of them that they could take in within the top five do they have a plan for what they're going to do in free agency because they have a ton of money to spend is there a quarterback or is there a quarterback that they could trade for again? Or do they maneuver around? Maybe they don't like the two top two quarterbacks. Maybe they like somebody else. So maybe they trade down and get assets, get both the quarterback and take care of tackle at the same time. But guess what? You need the guy with the brain, somebody to think all this stuff out so they know what they're going to do. Well, I don't trust the draft. I don't trust the draft to be able to cure all your ills like most people seem to be rooting for the number one, number two pick because, I mean, look at Brock Purdy, look at Tom Brady, look at other things, and look at Zach Wilson. You know, there are all kinds of examples in the draft that are misses. There's a lot of hits, but there's also a lot of misses. Yeah. You could say oh, the pretty. same about Mac Jones at number 15. Yeah. But he was sabotaged, sabotaged along the route. <laughs> um, oh. But, well, again, you have to know how to pick the position. You have to have good scouts in place. I mean, Kansas City moved up, moved mountains to get Pat Mahomes. Right? Yeah. And they, but they, well, guess what? Andy Reid kind of knows quarterbacks, right? He's an offensive guy. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that's why they move mountains to move up and get, and, and Mahomes wasn't even the first quarterback taken in that draft. He was like the third or fourth. But the Chiefs knew they wanted him out of that, out of that crop that year. Yep. So, um, so you need people who know what the heck they're doing and have that vision and can, you know, are good at scouting these quarterbacks and have a better idea what's going to make it and what isn't. How do you think Carolina feels right now? Oh, yeah. Right? Bryce oh. Young? I mean, again, he's... How do you think Carolina feels about that? Right. <laughs> right. They just gave him away. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. Um, but I'm not saying Bryce Young is a complete bust yet, but after what you've seen the first year, um, but again, he might be different. They get help around him. They get an offensive line around him. They get him weapons. You know, those are all of these things. Um, look at Cincinnati, right? 
they drafted Joe Burrow. The next year, they got him uh, Lamar Chase. They got him T. Higgins. Then, after he tore his ACL the first year, they went out and they they got him an offensive line, right? It's the yep. same thing with Philadelphia. They got to the Super Bowl last year because they got one more weapon for Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. <clears throat> Their offensive line is among the best in the league. So they've surrounded him so that he can thrive. You have to surround your quarterbacks so they can thrive. Patrick Mahomes is losing his mind half of the time because he's he's basically doing what Tom Brady did, trying to make more with less. They traded T, uh, Tyreek Hill, and that's been a big difference. Now he has to put up with the Kadarius Tonys of the world <laughs> who can't line up on side. Or catch a ball. Or catch a ball. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? Patrick Mahomes is that good that he can make the 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 players around him better, and that's a, that's a key. If they were expecting Mac Jones to do that, that was misguided, completely misguided. I need he, to do a spot here, Karen, and I know you've been asked the last time the last question, so Mike will come back with another big question for you, but. Campers, you got to get ready for 2024 with the new RV. Cold Springs RV has the latest in pop-ups and travel trailers and fifth wheelers and motorhomes. And I have one question, Mike, after I'm done with this commercial, because I believe in this commercial. I'm thinking about renting one of these things and driving it to Florida. I know you're going to Florida in a couple of weeks, Mike. So I, I want to beat you there, actually. If I start driving tomorrow, I can make it. So when you need service, visit their Pro RV Service Center for all things camping. Visit Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire, west of Goffstown, north of Haverhill. For all things camping, visit Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire, and tell them Obi and Lynchy and even Karen Garrigan will say that. Chelmsford's own Karen Garrigan, who doesn't know where Joni's Pizza is, but neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Learning more at ColdSpringsRV.com. Now, the question for Karen, for Mike, is, well... Here's the deal. Mike? Oh, I thought you had a question. No, no, I, that, was, that was... Oh, this is it. Well, yeah. you, you, you've done this before, Karen, but um, for the, uh, some of our viewers and listeners that haven't... Uh, um, John Madden, uh, the late John Madden, didn't like to fly, so they built him a Madden cruiser, a bus. So mm -hmm. Cold Springs RV is in the developmental stages of a, a Lobby cruiser. And um, so we're going to give all, when it's finally built, we're going to give all our guests one week with the Lobby Cruiser. You get to fly, you get to drive to Los Cross Country and we'll fly you back. But you have to pick somebody. It could be an historical figure or an entertainer. It could be a sports figure, uh, deceased or alive, that you would like to have ride shotgun with you, to have a conversation with you as you drove six or seven days or eight days or however long it takes you to get across Travis Kelsey's busy by the way <laughs> are you sure no, 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 no. good answer um well you know I gosh uh, I've watched several documentary type things about him and his life um 
but I know I've gone with Tom Brady in the past on these things, and I've explained why. But I'm going to go with Bill Russell because uh, watching, you know, watching several documentary type things about him, he's just, you know, a fascinating guy who's endured quite a bit. And it's always good to get that kind of perspective uh, you know, from someone who was like the absolute best in the sport and yet, you know, had to go through so much, <laughs> you know, in, in the process. Um, so I, I would, I would take Bill Russell with me. Great answer. That is a great answer. And I believe it's the first time he's been, been suggested, but he, he would really be somebody, you know, seven or eight days, you know, he just, ask one question and you know 20 minutes later you know you, you probably could, you probably only get to ask three questions an hour yeah right well the other thing would be again because it's such a long ride i would just love hearing his cackle <laughs> <laughs> you know you it's like you can't help but but smile and laugh when he laughs <laughs> yeah let me ask you both you guys this not talking about bill russell and other sports and other people of, of high standing that your careers might have taken you. You really, do either one of you get an appreciation for, if you look back and say, I actually did that. I was actually there. I actually knew Tom Brady. I actually had conversations with Tom Brady. I actually knew uh, Parcel. These, do you think about how fortunate you are or have been in your careers to have had these experiences and took them for granted at the time. Oh, I do. And looking back, when you get older, that's kind of what you do. And I couldn't have dropped into the Boston sports scene at a better time. I mean, the the curse of the Bambino hadn't been broken. The Patriots had not won. I mean, they were the laughing stock. Uh, the Brewers were still trying to do something post Bobby Orr, the Bobby Orr era. And, you know, the Celtics were looking to recapture the greatness of the Bill Russell days. So, and all of those things happened, <laughs> have happened on my watch. Uh, you know, from the Patriots kicking it off by, by their upset win uh, against the then St. Louis Rams. Uh, and I think they were followed by the Red Sox. Finally, I, I was there when they were, I covered the series. They were down love three to the Yankees. I was there when they won that first, uh, championship world series in St. Louis. Uh, I was there when the Celtics won, they should have won more. Um, and you know, I've been through. I wasn't quite there when the Bruins won in 2011, but I was around it. Um, so, and I covered them through the Ray Bork era, <laughs> the Cam Neely era. So I, I think I'm might be one of the luckiest people around loving sports as I do. Yeah. And having grown up here too. That's right. Uh, you know, you've, you've lived, you've lived through it as, as a, as a kid, as a young fan, you You've suffered with the agony of defeat, not to yep. rip a phrase off, but uh, we did. And, you know, I, I never 
when, when the Patriots went, they, get, 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 they got routed by the Bears, but they went to the Super Bowl. And I thought I'd never utter that statement. It never passed through my lips. The Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. And I think I, I told Jack, Jack Edwards was working with me at the time, and I was sitting there and I dropped the F-bomb. I can't believe the Patriots are going to the effing Super Bowl. I never thought I'd see it. You know, I went to the very first Patriots game at, at 1960 against the Denver Broncos, and I was seven years old. And throughout everything, I never thought I'd see the. I thought I'd see a colony on Mars before, um, <laughs> before the Patriots were going to the Super Bowl. Then they went again in '97, and then we know the rest is the rest is history. So I, I felt that way about the Red Sox. Yeah, um, ben, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, my father would take me uh, to Fenway Park to watch the games, and uh, they would just lose and lose and lose and lose. Like the craziest things would happen, and they would lose. Um, you know, I, I'll ask you guys this: Is it are the Red Sox different now that they've won? You know, and and not quite have that same appeal. Well, I, I know that Bob, Bob doesn't need to hit the panic button as much as, you know, he used to hit I know. all the time. It's, Karen, it's a dog caught the car. The dog yeah. keeps the car until the dog catches the car. And when the dog catches the car, everything changes. Right. We caught the car four times and everything's changed. Yeah. yeah. But they're, not, they're no longer that they were like the lovable loser. You know, but no, no, they're not lovable. Like you take the Celtics right now, you can go to bed at night when the Celtics are playing and be really confident that they won. Yeah. And that's it. That okay? Say the Bruins can go to bed at night and they're playing, and you're pretty confident, not greatly confident, but pretty mm -hmm. confident they're going to win. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox, it is no expectations, uh, no go fishing. There's no chance of anything. Good happening. They're the lowest, as Shaughnessy put it really well, they are the Fenway Sports Group cares less about the Red Sox than almost any one of their other properties. Mm. And it's, it's just one of those one of those things. And that's where we are. Patriots have now slipped down or slipped sliding away. Yeah. Or, but I, but the difference is, I actually think Robert Kraft cares. I mean, he he was a fan in the stands, you know, and and even though he's he's won so much, uh, I, this losing cannot be sitting well with him. So, um, the question is, has has you know, will he have the guts or the wherewithal to to part ways? with the guy who brought him six championships. And the, and I think that can't be lost in, in the equation. So what, what about this, Karen? Robert steps down, becomes the owner emeritus. Jonathan gets the blood on his hands. Yeah. As the ex well, executioner here. Yeah. And Jonathan would be an executioner for sure. <laughs> Question. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because he is who he is, or because of his relationship with Belichick? Well, he just, you know, he he comes across as a pretty tough customer, <laughs> um, and 
I don't know. I think he's a bit ruthless uh, as a as a businessman, and and I think um, if he wants something done, and uh, he there will be no hesitation. Bingo. Hmm. Bingo. 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 Um, that that's there's there's so many scenarios. I mean, we thought last year was going to be a very tumultuous off season for the Patriots. This one may be a very, very active and a very ugly offseason for the Patriots. Yeah. Um, well, as I no- said, I just hope I, I just hope there's a plan. I hope they know they want they the crafts, Robert, Jonathan, know what they want to do in every scenario. Meaning um, if they decide to totally clean house, then that's what they do. If they decide to just replace Belichick, that they have a plan so that, uh, you know, they can move on from the Belichick philosophy. Or if they do retain Coach Belichick, that they make changes in the front office and get fresh blood there in terms of, you know, who you take in the draft, what your vision is for the team. You know, do we stockpile the defense or do we stockpile the offense? You know, or, you know, where is it weighted? Because right now it's not weighted toward the, toward the offense. And that's by and large part of the problem. You know, I, I still, Lobel's, <clears throat> when I watch so many of these other teams, Excuse me, and, and their offense and these big plays and these speedsters they have. I watch the 49ers. They gotta have three or four people that are, that they that, that could make the Olympic track team this summer. Right. I mean, um the, the Miami Dolphins. I always say, why can't we get players like that? And yeah. I, you know, I, I rip off Lobel's line all the time. And that, why can't we? Well, and that and that's the thing. And and they they have all that talent and, and they have a fifth or sixth round draft pick running it, Brock Purdy, right? Yeah. Or wasn't he Mr. Irrelevant? I mean, who knows? Mr. Irrelevant running the show. And looking well, pretty good at it too. Well, that could have been happened here too, because Mac Jones fits into the Brock Purdy profile. But the problem was they didn't they didn't surround him with anything and they didn't protect him. So Again, if are you going to cheap out on the offense? Again, not everyone is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is is a once in a lifetime quarterback who you can get away with maybe not giving him ten superstars around him. It's not going to work that way with anyone else you bring in unless you really get lucky. Aaron, he has some pretty good people around him. Of course he did, but during the, the span of those 20 years, right, he, he got to the AFC Championship with Reshae Caldwell and Doug Gabriel. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't until that year that they decided, okay, we'll, we'll give you somebody, and they brought in Moss and Welker and so on and so forth. But it's not like he's always been draped in, uh, you know, these great, 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 Receiving talent, he had he had guys that that oh, well. that thrived here. 
that when they left here, they fell off the face of the earth. David Givens went to Tennessee. Remember? Well, yeah. I, I mean, he, after that. David right. Patton. Hey, Dion Branch didn't do as well either in Seattle. Right. He yeah. left. Yeah. And uh, guys that that, that were, were stars here were just they were invisible when it, when they when they left. So were they were they stars or did Brady make them stars? Brady made them. Bing, Bing, Bing. Bing, right. Bing, and Bing again. Speaking of stars, I got to talk to you about uh, George Gray, Lexington, Toyota. You know, mm -hmm. if you're thinking about a new vehicle or even a used vehicle, go where Loby and Lynchy go. Go see our friend, the big wheel, we call him, George Gray at George Gray's Lexington, Toyota. We've been customers for years because we know George Gray will treat you right. They're family-owned and they're operated dealership that we treat that we trust and you can trust as well. Go see the big wheel himself. George Gray at George Gray's Lexington Toyota. I was in there last week for an oil change and uh, tire rotation, and they were spectacular. I was Big in there last week. I didn't see you. You were there last week? Yeah, I was changing tires. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I seriously was in there. Yeah, I, I can't remember. But I was in there Monday. Yeah. A week ago yesterday. Karen, I know you have to go. Tell me why you have to go. What are you doing today that, that we were lucky to be able to book you? You got gave me oh this whole God. litany of things you had going today, like po well, other podcasts. I can't believe you're doing other podcasts. It really cut me to the well, quick. I am. Do you want to come on my podcast? Of course. <laughs> if you had a legitimate reason for having us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> tell, me, tell me where else what, you're doing your podcast, too. Well, yeah, but there's there's a whole – I have a whole succession of things to do. Like there's three Patriot coaches that are available via video call in 20 minutes yeah. at 11. Um, I have a, an interview for a story lined up at noon at one. I have a meeting with my boss and at four, uh, I'm taping another podcast. Wow. Wow. You know, you tell your oh, mom, you're uh, indispensable. Well, no, I, I juggle well. <laughs> a yeah, day well. in the life. I a day I in the life of Karen Garigian. I love it. I know you I have I taped a pod last night too. So, well, last night, yeah. So it never you ends. We do it every day. A podcast every day. No, but it was a special circumstance. <laughs> I, <laughs> Whatever. It, I don't want to get personal. Well, I, I, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, who used to be my colleague at the Herald, broke news over the weekend about. The subject we were talking about: Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. And he, he, his information is that the decision has not been made. So uh, I got Ian on and I grilled him about how, how that could be. <laughs> so, so yeah. So he agreed to do it and it was hot off the press. So I. Good. Now, Tom Kern, he, he's going to be given credit for breaking the story if it breaks that way. Do you think it? Well, yeah, Tom has it the other way, that the decision has been made or was made after Germany. Right. We, what we do talk, I think? I think there's posturing going on. <laughs> That's what I think. You know? Part? Huh? On whose part, posturing? Well, it, put it this way. If, if Kraft is looking to get compensation for Bill Belichick, 
and teams right now know that they're that he's already made a decision to move on. Why are they going to give up a draft pick? Why don't they just wait? Right? Yep. So so when that came out, and again, I don't tout Tom Curran's reporting. Uh, there had to be a counter that, to that to kind of keep keep things in play for the crafts. Right? Absolutely. I don't know. Uh, or maybe... Or maybe Robert's getting cold feet. That's another possibility. So. To be continued. That's so right. It's much more than a sports story. This is an intrigue. This is a back. This is a media behind the scenes and intrigue story. It's it's source Five wars. Source wars, Robert. Yeah, source, it's source wars. <laughs> Who's, whose source is going to tell them this? Whose source is going to tell them that? I mean, there's been all these kind of mixes about Gerard Mayo, too. You know, yes, he's the guy. Oh, no, he might not be because things have changed. Or, you know, it just depends on what day it is, what information is going to come out. Well, we'll stick with you, okay? Is that all right? That's good. We're sticking with Karen. All right. Good job, Karen. Thank you so much. Karen Regan, thanks so much. And uh, MassLive.com, she's got a busy day. Thanks for coming on with us. And for Bob LaBelle and Mike Lynch, make sure you follow us at unanchoredboston.com. Unanchored Boston is a Burke Advertising LLC production. To learn more, go to unanchoredmedia.com.